Amen, amen. Good morning, Identity Church. I see a lot of new faces in the crowd. That's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for coming and giving Identity Church an, an opportunity to show you what you know, God has put on our heart. That you know, one, of the, one of the great things that God put on our heart was to, is to be that kind of church that brings in families. And we, we really enjoy having fellowships. We're having a fellowship this afternoon. So all of you, please stay. We've got plenty of food. We'll, we'll have more and more um, times to, to fellowship and have the opportunity to get to know each other a lot better. Well, so I'm going to go ahead and get us started. We're, um, I, I don't know if you would call this a continuation of, of my love series that I did for about six weeks, but... I had the, the love series for about six weeks, and you can find that on our podcast. Um, by the way, you can go out to our Facebook, uh, you can go out to Podbean, and you can download uh, any of our podcasts. And we've got podcasts all the way back, uh, back since the beginning, actually. So if you have anything that you would, that um, you just want to go through and see if there's anything that you would want to, to listen to, we would, we would love it. For you to listen to it, it's all free. Excuse me, I'm needing a little bit of water. But so essentially, we had a, you know, we had this love series that I did for six weeks, and then the Lord kept putting it on my heart that, you know, in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse thirteen, it says, "Now abideth faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love." So that word "greatest" means the most mature. It means the first. It means it's foundational. So love is foundational to anything that has to do with hope or with faith. Now, I know some people may have read those scriptures and said, I'm just going to take those as face value. But I think it's very important that we have to understand that in some circles, and I know that not everybody understands you know, that there are different denominations. There's different people who believe different ways. But some people have a, a, a leaning towards, you know, I just want to have faith in my life. Faith, faith, faith. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is about that you can have all the, the power and anointing and gifts and callings in your life. But if you don't have love, it's just but a ting, tinkling symbol. It's a gong, if you will. You know, I said this before, but my son has, in the last six months has uh, learned how to play drums. By the way, give him a hand. He has been doing awesome, awesome. I appreciate him so much. He's a very talented young man. But he gets downstairs on a real drum set, not one of these that we have that's, elect that's the electric drum set, and he does these, like, it's like a, a, a practice video over and over and over again. Believe me, it is a tinkling cymbal and a gong. You hear it all over the house, and it's the same stuff over and over and over and over again. And, you know, that's the way you learn. But it drives everybody else crazy. And so what you, what you find out is that every single time you have somebody who gets out of balance. When they get out of balance for, for what love is, so if I was to just come in here and go, oh, we're just going to believe God for everything that's in the Word, 
but we're going to treat people badly. You ain't going to get very many people. You know, there's plenty of ministers that I've met that you would talk to them and they go, if it was, if it was just not for the people, this would be a great job. <laughs> you know, ministry is people. Identity church is not this building. Identity church is not all the stuff you have up here. Identity church is not even me. The church of Jesus Christ is all of you. It's all of us together. And if we don't have love that's in the midst of everything that we do, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to fail in the hope and in the faith part big time. So I did a six-week series. Please go back and listen to that. Uh, but we're going to take that and go into what we out of what we did last week, which is hope. Hope is that I'm expecting that whatever God said is going to come to pass. I want you to understand that if you have an expectation for God's word, if you have an expectation for what he is putting in your life, then you're going to go far. You're going to do the faith. You know, Hebrews, Hebrews 11.1 1 says that, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Now, I want you to understand that, that in that in this faith that we're trying to get to, that we're trying to understand, that we're trying to be a part of, that hope is expecting that it's going to come to pass. But, you know, faith is, i got to go do something. i got to go step out and do some things. You know, I explained it this way last week. If somebody said that, hey, you're hungry? Well, I've got a bank account out here. Go to my bank account and pull that money and go buy you some food. Well, if I just said, well, you know, I'm believing that the bank account's there, but I'm never going to go make a withdrawal. Do you know that that's not very good faith? Because faith is taking that action to say, what I believe I'm going to do. And you know what's really awesome about faith? is just like it says, um, you know, in Ephesians, it says that, that by grace through faith were we saved. So we have to have that grace piece. We have to have that hope piece. And it's all built on a foundation of love. If you don't know love, then you don't know God, for God is love. That's what uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says. We have to have that foundation, that, that that firm foundation of the love of God in our life. If you don't have the firm foundation of the love of God in your life, you'll never have an expectation that His Word is going to come to pass in your life. If you don't believe it, then you're not going to receive it. You know, it's a little bit like if I took a ball and I threw it at Brock right now. Well, Brock can say, I'm not receiving that ball, and it hits him right in the forehead. Which, by the way, I, I tell lots of subtle jokes around here, so, you know, I, I either am going to get booed or y'all are going to laugh a lot, okay? Either way. But if I threw a ball and I hit Brock in the face with it and he goes, I didn't want to receive that. Well, guess what? He didn't receive it. bounced off his head onto the floor. And that's the way I believe that a lot of God's promises are being done in the church. I believe that God's promises are, are just being shoveled down towards us. 
And you know what we end up doing? We get hit in the forehead. We're not ready to catch it and say, Lord, I'm going to do something with this. So I tried to wrap up the last like eight weeks or so. So maybe that was, maybe you understood that. But I'm going to get started because we talked about expectation and hope last week. I'm going to get into the faith part of this this week. So maybe this will make some sense. I do, I do want you to go back and listen if, if you want to, to know more about love and about the hope. This is our scripture verse for choosing life. You know that in the midst of us choosing life, you know, we have to have that hope and that, that faith that is built upon the foundation of God because if we don't, then we won't fulfill the things that are in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. In fact, Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you. Now in the Hebrew, this word against you is not a bad thing, okay? This word right here means that I am telling you that there are people watching you. There is witnesses that are going to see this come to pass in your life. There are witnesses that are in heaven and earth that's going to be astonished that you believed God. There are people that are going to be around you that is going to say, I'd have never saw it coming. I'd have never saw it coming. You know, I was, uh, I was telling uh, Jeremiah this morning that, you know, I'm a computer engineer by trade. I, I went to college. I have a master's degree in computer engineering from UAB. But I had ADD and dyslexia throughout my whole time when I was in, when I was in you know, elementary school all the way through high school. And you know what was crazy about this is the fact that I had in my heart a want to to do more. But I didn't even, I didn't even pass high school. I mean, I walked up and have you ever felt like this that when you were going to get to the end of your high school they were going to hand you a blank piece of paper? Well, that's what happened to me. They came and, and handed me a blank piece of paper and said, hey, you didn't get anything. Well, you know, I just said, well, you know, the world has dealt me this hand of cards. I'm just going to go and just work wherever I can and do whatever I can. And my mom and my dad, thank God for them, they tried everything under the sun. They got me tutors. They did everything. So it wasn't their fault. You know that I went walking into a church and I heard Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Do you know that, that it became what they call a rhema word? It became alive to me. It became so alive in me that I left that place and I remember telling Heather, because we were dating at that time, I, I told Heather, I said, I said, something spoke to me out of that. Something spoke to me. And I went and talked to the pastor of the church. And I went and talked to all these people. And you know, the thing is, God said, you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. It is a promise. It's a banner to you. Well, I got a GED. I started going to college. It took me 11 years from getting a GED to get my master's degree. You know that the thing is, is that I just wasn't floating around either because God gave me multiple opportunities. I was a, 
I was a computer, <clears throat> I mean, I was an actual network engineer for a long time. I worked on transport. I, I worked for cell phone companies. I had no degree. All I had was a GED at the time. And God would open up those opportunities because he told me, you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. You know that most of the time we don't even try because we don't think that we're going to get it. Well, I just started trying. And I started going in a direction. And God started telling me, hey, you can do this. And you know, I worked for Southern Company, the power company out here, for years without any degree, without anything. And you know, I got my bachelor's degree, or my associate's degree, my bachelor's degree, and then in 2011, I finished up my master's degree in computer engineering. And you know, the thing that, that I kept thinking is that there was all these people that were around me that I would tell them every single time, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. You know, my mom said one of the biggest witnesses to her about God's promise and his power is because she saw me when I was a kid. She saw me when I was a teenager. She knew who I was. And then guess what happened? When I got a hold of God's word, she saw it become alive. Because I did this very next part of the verse. It says, That you have been set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Now I'm going to tell you, I chose life. Do you know that I, I had opportunity to choose other things? I had opportunities to say, eh, this is the cards I'm dealt, this is where I'm going. But do you know that in life, you will end up having multiple opportunities to choose something other than life. You will have opportunities to choose the easy road. You know what the easy road is? It's the, lo the road that everybody else is choosing. Everybody else that I knew, they were just going to go get a job. They were going to do whatever they wanted to do. But you know what? The Lord said, go down these paths and do these things. So I want you to understand that God tells us right here, the answer is to choose life in every single situation. And in verse 20, it says that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. See, there is three things that you need to understand is that you need to get God's love and love him. You need to have a relationship with God. And you need to trust him. You need to have faith in what he has said to you. And if you can do those three things, you will choose life every single time. So we're going to move on because we've already talked about all that. I just wanted to catch you guys up on it. But the faith that God is trying to get us to, the understanding of those things that are not seen, that it, when it becomes substance to you, you start going, this is not a surprise. You know, it was never, ever, ever a surprise to me when I got accepted into college. Because I'd already seen it. I already knew it. God had already put it on my heart. I had already gotten myself so built up that this is what I was going to do. And you know what? I just continued in it. When it got hard, you know what I did? I continued. When it got hard, I continued. When it got hard, I continued. 
And what you need to understand is that any time in your life, any time that a circumstance comes against you, any time there are problems in your life, you just need to continue. In fact, we're about to get into this Matthew chapter 17 right here. And by the way, I, I teach off the word, okay? I'm going to have a scripture for you. We're going to talk about the scripture. We're going to talk about how to apply it to your life. This is not going to be, this is Dusty's opinion. I've, I've, you know, I'm just giving you what, you know, I went and read a bunch of books and this is what I'm going to tell you. No, this is what the word says. This is something you can apply to yourself because the word is saying it to you. It hasn't just said it to me, it said it to you. Matthew chapter 17, verse 15. This is when the man had brought his son to the disciples and they could not cast out the devil. They could not get this man from hurting himself. He was a lunatic. Man, how many people, when we look around the world right now, right now we've got tons of lunatics. We've got people that are shooting places up and doing things. How much of that is just they're a lunatic and how much of it is just de demonic forces that are coming against people? I'm telling you, we got to start thinking differently in order to be able to attack situations differently. But Matthew chapter 17, verse 15 says, Lord, talking to Jesus, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falls in the fire and oft he, he into the water. And, and I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. I want you to understand that you can't just have, you have the measure of faith. In fact, we find out in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, it tells you that you've been given the measure of faith. So sometimes I think we need to go back to, to some of the scriptures and understand the words that was being said here because this word for faithless is apistos and it means to disbelieve or to be unworthy, untrustworthy, to not have faith. Now, I say this because you may be thinking, well, I have less faith or I don't have faith. No, no, no. Everybody's been given the measure of faith. We're going to find out about this faith here in just a second because we're going to continue in this. But I want you to understand that if you have disbelief in your heart, it's just as bad as not having faith, even though you do. See, what we have to understand is that when an impossible situation comes our way, a circumstance comes towards us, what we have to understand is that we sometimes can believe something, but because that circumstance hit us, we don't know what to do anymore. Have you ever, have you ever believed something for your life and then all of a sudden something bad happens and you start questioning it? I see people do it all the time. I actually talk to people at work and I talk to people in life that tells me, well, I once believed this way, but this happened in my life. A child got sick and died or, or a parent died or something happened. They got in a car wreck or, or they couldn't pay their bills. 
And somebody said to him, hey, you know what? Just whatever happens, happens. You don't need to believe that God's got better for you because he doesn't. No. If you believe it, then you need to understand that disbelief has its, has its direct attack on your belief. In fact, it says in verse 18 of Matthew 17, it says, And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19 says, Then he came to the disciples, um, then, the, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. It's this same root word, epistos, but it's got an A on it, and all that did was just change it, change its sort of its tense. Basically, it just said, because of your disbelief, not disbelieving, but your disbelief is the reason why you couldn't do this. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goes out, not out, but, but, but by prayer and fasting. Not the devil. Devils don't come out by you praying and fasting. They come out by authority. But let me tell you what does happen. Our disbelief when we have relationship with God, when we have relationship with Jesus, that is when our disbelief starts going away. I'm going to explain to you what unbelief and disbelief is because we tend to not understand how things will, will just affect our faith. So unbelief is not knowing. It's a lack of faith. It means that I didn't know something happened. You know, Romans, Romans 10, uh, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, that is the kind of knowledge faith that we have to have. We have to know that there is something out there for us to, to believe for. It'd be just like right now if my dad said, hey, I've got an inheritance for you that you can take at any time. Well, if I didn't know it, then I wouldn't be able to partake in it. But see, that's one of the reasons why you have to be told the Word of God is there for us to know. The Word of God is there to teach us and to say, this is your belief system. Hey, I need health. I need healing. I need things in my body. Okay, 1 Peter 2.24, it says, by His stripes we were healed. Well, that means at the cross, Jesus paid the cost. He gave us this promise. So if I was something, what does that make us in present tense form? I am health. You know, I wake up every single day and I roll out of bed and I go look at myself in the mirror and I say, your health, Dusty. Sometimes I don't feel like saying it. Sometimes I don't want to say it, but I do. I believe in that promise and I stand upon the word of God and what it says. I got news for you. Some of y'all may have just went, well, that doesn't work for me. Well, you do it long enough and you stand upon that word and that mountain will be moved out of your way. It's happened to me. 
I believe it. Somebody, you can't get it out of my head. You couldn't get it out of my heart. You can't get it out of my body because it has happened so many times in my life. And I've seen it happen to other people. And you know, this is one of the reasons why I think that it is so important for us to know His promises and then apply those because sometimes we will let those things wane. We'll let them get out of our, get out of our mindset. It's one of the reasons why I believe sometimes we do need to confess His Word. Because keeping that word ever present before our eyes and in our mouth, those are the things that, that bring about our victory. We get, to, we get to, to expound upon his promises through his word every single day. So when you're lacking in something, go find a promise and go stand on it. So disbelief is actually knowing the truth but re- refusing to believe it. How many people have been in disbelief? You knew something was true. I was, I was talking not too long ago to a lady, and she said, she said, yep. She said, I, I was driving down the road, and you know, I would pass this police officer going to work every single day. And I knew the, the speed limit was 40 miles an hour, but I'd be doing 65 miles an hour. And so the police officer let her go. Didn't pull her over. The next day, she goes flying past the police officer. The police officer flashes lights at her. So the next day, she comes by at 65 miles an hour. Said the police officer come up, pulled up beside her and said, slow down. On the fourth day, she comes by 65 miles an hour. The guy pulls her over, gives her a ticket. And she says, I was in disbelief. Well, I mean, it was 40 miles an hour, and the man had told you every single day was giving you opportunity to to slow down, and you said, I'm not going to do it. It means you knew the truth. You knew what was going to happen to you, but you just refused to believe that it would happen to you. You know, that's the way I, I think that we embody the Word a lot of times. We read it, and we go, well, maybe that works for someone else. Maybe, you know, maybe that was a metaphor that was in the Word. How many people have heard that, you know, all the promises of God, that some of them are just metaphorical? That, you know, and I use this as an example because people go, well, you know, Jonah and the whale, that was just a metaphor for Jesus, you know, being in the earth for three days and three nights because Jesus said that would be a sign unto you. Well, How many people know that in the last 100 years, there's been two separate people, not one, but two separate people in the last 100 years that have been swallowed by a well? Anybody? Anybody heard that? No? Go look it up. Go go look on the internet. In fact, the last guy, this happened in like 2018, he was wearing a big rig that had like, you know, an oxygen tank. And the well, after he swallowed him, spit him back up. But, you know, when we, when we talk about the Word of God, sometimes we go, ah, I just can't believe that. Ah, I just can't. Dusty, I just, you know, there's some things in the Word that are just too spectacular to actually believe. Well, I got news for you. I wouldn't believe in God if he wasn't spectacular. I wouldn't believe in God if, 
if I didn't believe that there was something super to the natural. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, dang, Dusty, you believe some crazy stuff if you believe in the Word of God. Yes, I do. I believe some really crazy stuff. I believe that Jonah got swallowed by a whale for three days and he was thrown up onto the beach. Do you know that there's actually in Assyrian text about a guy named Unas, which is basically Jonas, that he was part whale or he was part fish and part man and they created a statue unto him. And this was how they stopped the Assyrians from killing everybody. Was God sent Jonah to be able to go and stop them from just going and massacring everyone. They basically deified Jonah. Go look it up. I mean, I know you guys think I'm crazy. I'm seeing the stairs. Y'all are like, Dusty, you're insane. I'm like, yes, I'm crazy. But, you know, let me just tell you straight up. If, if you don't believe the word and you don't believe this, you're going to find yourself in the midst of a lot of situations where you're going to be asking God for help. And it's not going to be naturally possible for you to get out of your situation. And you're going to be looking for a supernatural miracle to happen in your life. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to have disbelief. You're going to know something could be true because of what the Word of God says. But guess what? You're going to, you're going to sit there and go, but I don't believe that's going to happen for me. And if that is the case, then the only thing that you can do is either believe God's word, go back to his word, go back to his promises, hear the word of God, build up your faith, or you just end up living in your circumstances. But I want you to understand that if you are in the midst of the worst situation and you believe somebody's going to, the devil's going to come and he's going to try to pop you in the mouth. You know, one of our great philosophers, Mike Tyson, said that a well-laid plan gets thrown out the window when you get hit in the mouth. And it's true. You know what that plan is? i got to go back to God's Word. The moment I get hit in the mouth, I've got to go back to His Word and say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do with this situation? What does your promise say? Where do I take that promise to next? So, I just want you to understand that we can have a small amount of faith. And as long as we get the doubt, you know, when we get rid of doubt, the faith comes out. It's that simple. It's that simple. The moment that we, that we take this little bitty seed of faith, we can move a mountain if we just don't doubt. You know, Andrew Womack, uh, one of the te- he did the Bible college, you know, started the Bible college, and he was one of the teachers, He actually said, Jesus himself had the same amount of faith that we did. He didn't have a greater faith. Jesus came as a man, part man, part God, but he came to this earth so that he could walk like us. He didn't walk six feet off the ground, float around and everything. Jesus was just like us. You start walking around and... In the, you know, 
in the Israel heat. I mean, go outside and walk around for a few minutes. You're going to stink. Jesus stunk. Everybody's going, oh my gosh, you can't say Jesus stunk. That, that Jesus, Jesus was like me. Well, if he wasn't like you, guess what? You're doomed. Because he came to be the ultimate perfect sacrifice to be in our place. He took on death, hell, and the grave. It would have been nothing for him. You know, Jesus was in hell. He was in heaven. He was on the earth pre-incarnate to him being here. Jesus could go anywhere. He was the most powerful being ever. He had to become like us. And if Jesus didn't become like us, and he didn't live the life that we did, then we wouldn't have the promises in him because he lived out every single thing. So you know what? Jesus walked around with faith and no doubt. You know, when somebody would say something to him, and he would just go, no, just only believe. You know, you know it's pretty easy for him, for him to do that too because... In Genesis, it actually says that God himself, that he said, let there be light. So in John, John chapter 1, he says that in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And that word was what created everything. Guess what? Jesus is that word. He was the one that said, let there be light. He was the one that said, let there be all the things that you see here on this planet. He had no doubt. He only had faith. And you know what? If we can get ourselves to that point to where we only have faith, it's faith is not a sizable thing. Faith is really just trying to make sure that we have the ability to reduce our doubt to zero. And if you'd reduce your doubt to zero and you would believe in the things of God, you would just blow up. You'd be a walking miracle. You'd walk around and people would just get, I mean, it'd be like Peter when he was walking down the street. There would just be people that would be sick and, and his shadow would touch them. And they would get healed. Guys, I know I'm stretching some people's belief. I know I am stretching some folks. And I pray that you hear what I say. Because there's a point where people are at and there's a point where people need to go. And so if you have doubt, that doesn't mean that you're sinful. It means that you just need to hear the word more. It means that you need to start believing more. Whenever something comes against you and the first thing that you say is, I'm going under. You know, I, I do cybersecurity for a living. We call it key indicators of compromise. It's not the problem that we see. It's all the other things. Like if there is somebody that's in a box inside of your network, it's not them. There's nothing that says there's someone in your box. It's all the traffic that's going out to other places that you need to, to look at and say, oh, there's key indicators that say that somebody's doing something bad. And then I have to go find it and track it down. Do you know that the same thing happens in our own life? You don't know anything's going wrong until all of a sudden the words that you speak, the thoughts that you have, those are indicators of where your belief is. 
See, if your belief system is nothing more than, than I believe whatever comes at me is what I'm going to get, then that's all you're going to get. So the word of God, having that word in your heart and it being what continually comes out of your mouth, that shows you where your heart is and your belief system. So disbelief stops us from faith. Unbelief is like that shadow of death that we see in Psalms 23.4. Yeah, I walk through the valley of shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Do you know that it doesn't say I walk through the death valley. It doesn't say that there's death in the valley. It just says there's a shadow that I think is death. You know, in our lives, we walk through many, many a times... We, we have, well, how do I say this? How many people have, there was, something, there was something that you were supposed to do, but you dreaded it? Everybody should raise your hand, right? Well, you know, once you've done that thing and you walked through that, that instance, that circumstance, whatever it was, most of the time you go, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Well, you know, the worst problem about about what was happening was the before. Man, I got to go walk through that valley. And you know what? That shadow of death is constantly on us. That disbelief that it's going to be good when I get to the end of it. You know, we need to believe that as I'm walking my path through life, that it's going to be great. That God has a plan for us. And that we're going to just keep moving in his direction. And his direction is going to continue to keep us going every single time. Every single step, there's going to be something good for me. I know know that this sounds crazy, guys. I know that what I'm saying, some of you go, well, that's not the way my life has been. Every time I take a step, it feels like it just gets harder. Well, guess what? You need to understand who you are in Christ Jesus. You need to see where you're going next in the eye of faith so that you don't see that valley as a shadow of death. Do you know that if you saw every single pathway that you walked on as the pathway God has laid out before you, you would say, man, I've got some good things coming along. I've got some good areas that I'm moving into. But see, the valley of the shadow of death, I think, is a mentality that we always have that tries to come against us and try to stop us from walking where God wants us to walk. So this unbelief is a shadow, and that's what we have to understand is that that keeps us from trusting God. It keeps us from moving in the ways of God. And as I'm closing here, you know, I want you to understand that disbelief leaves us you know, when relationship is not happening with God. You know, we have to have that daily relationship with God. We have to sit back and we have to talk to God. And we have to, we have to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do next? You know, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that everybody hears God's voice. You know why? Because I've got a scripture to back it up. John 10, 3 says that my sheep hear my voice and no other voice will they follow. You know, most of the time I find people that said something told me not to do it. 
I hear believers, I hear unbelievers. And I actually said this the other week. You know, well, unbelievers can't hear from God. Well, I hope they can because they're, the Holy Spirit is the only thing that's going to bring them to salvation. My good, eloquent words or lack of them will never bring anybody to salvation. You'll never get people to follow Jesus without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's the one that is being sent to us in every single way to teach us those things that we didn't know. See, the Holy Spirit is bringing about the awesome things that we're wanting in our life. And without the Holy Spirit, you would never even turn to Jesus. See, all we are is we're just a seed planter. But the Holy Spirit waters. The Holy Spirit grows. And that's the same thing in Christian's life. We'll read a scripture and we'll plant a promise into our heart. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will come along. And the Holy Spirit gives the nourishment and everything to that seed. You know that, that in my life, if I, haven't, if I haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to take those seeds, to take those things and just grow them, they become stagnant and stale and they die. You know, I want each and every one of us that is listening to this, that sees us on live stream, I want everybody to understand that God is in, a, is, is in this position to make your life the greatest life that it could ever be. You know, there are, there are people out there that say, my life's been pretty bad to this point. I'm saying you can turn it around. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe on it shall not perish but have everlasting life. That means that he goes back before you were born. Do you know there are things in my life that was so bad when I was a kid that I don't even remember them. In fact, people will bring up things and I go, that happened? You know why? Because God is taking that old stuff and he's throwing it as far as the east is from the west. I no longer have any sort of thoughts or, or admiration or whatever you want to call it about the bad things that have happened in my life. Because God has shown me so much better way to go. He's put me on so much better path. God has a plan for your life. He has the right things coming to you for the right reasons. All you have to do is believe. If you can get out the doubt, faith will come out. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just thank you that we have hearers today. That we have people who have ears to hear and eyes to see, Father. And that the, the eye of faith and the ear of faith that it is that is so strong right now that, that Holy Spirit, you are just using these words that I have said today as as an anchor, as a seed in each and every person's heart. I pray in Jesus' name that there are things that, that you've been believing for that Jesus has put in your heart. 
that the Holy Spirit continues to just talk to you about, but that you say, I may not be able to do that. I'm praying that right now the Holy Spirit will continue to talk to you about those things. And that He is going to bring them to pass. Like Psalms 37, 4 says, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, He will give us the desires of our heart. That means that He will put desires in our heart. And then in Psalms 37, 5, it says, and that if we do this, He will bring it to pass. So I pray in Jesus' name that the desires that are in your heart, that God is continuing to grow you in. I pray that you, there's people that God is putting on your heart right now that may be in your family, that's on your job, that are your friends, that you need to, to see them differently. You need to see the people that are, that are so just reprobate, the people that you think are, that are going to hell in a handbasket. I just pray in Jesus' name that you start seeing them for who God sees them for. And that you start putting seeds into their heart so that the Holy Spirit can help flourish and grow those things. I pray in Jesus' name that there is a complete and total mindset change. And that in Jesus' name there is going to be power and peace that's going to come out of them. And it's just going to permeate their lives and the lives of the people that are around. Father, I just pray over each and every one of them as they go forth this week. I pray in Jesus' name that there is opportunity for them to be blessed and to be a blessing to others. And right now, if there's somebody that says that, you know what, I don't know Jesus. I have never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I just pray that you just raise your hand right now. Amen. Everybody is saved here. That is awesome. It means that you are a part of the family. You are. You have your inheritance. You know what? I'm going to pray over. I'm going to pray us out, and I'm going to pray over the food that we're about to have for our fellowship. But if anybody has need of prayer for, for maybe agreement, you just need to agree with somebody because it says in Matthew that that if any two shall agree on earth, that it shall be done as as it is in heaven. That means that we're bringing heaven on earth so that those things will come to pass. The power of agreement is so powerful. It is so wonderful. If you need somebody to agree with you or if you need somebody to pray over a situation or you have um, sickness in your body, I'll be up here at the front at the very end where we can pray. I pray right now in Jesus' name pray, dear Lord, they have a great week. I pray over this food that we're about to receive. I pray over this time of fellowship. I thank you, Father, that there is going to be awesome uh, relationships that are going to be built today. I just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.